Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. All right. It is a beautiful Sunday here. Why does this look so ridiculous the way that I'm recording? Oh, it's just, yeah, you're good. We're good? Yeah, it looks like it's recording at 17 times the speed of sound, but really it's just my window is narrowed, so 15 seconds looks like what used to look like a minute. I don't know how to change that, and I'm not going to mess with it, so... Here we are. Look at you, you, uh, you world traveler. You world just got traveler. back yesterday. Yes, my warehouse auditing has started. So, um, doing some traveling in the next few weeks here. Just got back from my what used to be one of my favorite places and hope to retire to not anymore. Um, is Southern Cal, Orange County. God, in is it just it, just every Navy guy's like, yeah, I'm gonna retire to Southern California. <laughs> Right, it's got to be like a thing. Sand dog. Yep. No, I think they're uh, they're spread around like uh, Utah, Montana, Texas, Florida. I mean, everybody's migrating out. So it used to be when you walk outside in a state like Texas, Utah, 
you walk outside and you look around and it's literally God's country, right? Like you see for miles and miles and it's gorgeous and you can see the buttes and you can see the hills and you can see the mountains and it's just like you you feel different man like kind of like when you look out at the ocean right like oh yeah you feel different yeah it depends what your uh you know guess what your fancy is i mean some of the guys i know one of the guys lives in montana and literally the backyard the whole the panoramic view is mountains yeah and just, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like there's places right in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, places like that where you have that, but you're four hours from the ocean. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a good oh, balance. Yeah. I feel like there's a good balance there where you can find that. As we speak from fucking shit, Wisconsin. Oh, I know. Well, I got buddies that live in Arizona that basically are three and a half mile or three and a half hour drive from border of Mexico. And then they cross over and some nice villas on the ocean there. Yeah. See? That's that makes more sense than being here. <laughs> yeah. Every, but it's, uh, every year I'm like, all right, I'm like, why the hell do we live here? And then I remember like in places where it doesn't freeze for four months of the year, every like every bug wants to kill you. Oh, every bug, every reptile. Like we don't have that shit here. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, in, in California, I got to give them credit. I mean, the weather is consistent and it's great, but. It's, um, things have gotten tremendously worse. Oh, the state is beautiful. It's the people that suck. Oh, the state, I don't even know if it's getting that beautiful anymore. It's, there's, because of the mismanagement of water, it's not because of running out of water. It's a serious mismanagement of water, forest resources, and every, it's mismanagement all the way across the board. Um, so there's no grass. So imagine when I was there and I came back, I was like, gosh, man. Our, our highways, our freeways are beautiful. Yeah, that's at a good the, point. Even at this time yeah, of year. that's a good point. There, everything's concrete. And even talking to uh, some of the folks there, they're like, yeah, I know. We, we, they went to fly out to North Carolina and look at a different site, Charlotte, and they came back and they're just like, wow, there's grass. Never seen anything like that. And they're like, we came back and there's just nothing but concrete and flying garbage. And I think it was like the last time uh, I talked about when I was there. There was just garbage flying around. Well, same thing. There's just, there's no adopt the highway programs. The highways look like complete shit. And traffic is so bad that anytime we want to go somewhere, we're just like, um, all right, well, if, if I go to the gym, it's going to take me 20 minutes to get three and a half miles. Uh, if I, if we want to go to eat, this place is going to be an hour. And this place is at least going to be 40 minutes just to drive to. And you're talking tw- a range of like 20 some miles. Yeah. And, and that's like, I guess you just get used to it, right? If you live there, like life is just different. But f- look, for me, looking at that, I'm like, no fucking thank you. Oh. You know, I hear people, I, I know people around here that commute an hour a day yeah. for work. That's two hours a day, five days a week at least. That's 10 yeah. hours out of your week. Not necessarily wasted, but kind of wasted, right? Like you can do stuff with that time, but man. Right, can you? Yeah, I mean, you can you can learn, you can you know, you can audiobook, you can podcast, like you can make that time useful. Kind of. Kind of, but not as useful yeah. as if you weren't wasting that time. So let me tell you the difference between driving down there and here is that you have to be you got to have your head on a swivel. And it's very hard to listen to cuz I was I was listening to Mind Pump uh podcast when I was trying to drive to and from places cuz I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking screwed because I got to go 26 miles and it's going to take me an hour and 20 minutes because I hit uh, rush hour traffic at that time. 
And you couldn't because between the motorcycles that are flying by in between cars, like I almost got clipped by one and uh, people are just cutting each other off. And I felt like, uh, you know, Charlie Barron's the, uh, if, if you don't know Charlie Barron's, he's a Manitowoc Minute. He's like oh, yep, yep. Midwestern Wisconsin dude. And he does a skit of like how, you know, Wisconsinites will let people into the lanes. Well, at four-way stops will be like, oh, okay, you go first, you go first, right? Well, they don't do that there in California. Well, I, I caught myself like I was using my, I was using my uh, directionals, and I was giving like you know, okay, I'm gonna give it a two directionals, and I'm gonna move over. And I was letting people in the lane, and people were getting pissed off. And I was like, oh shit, I feel like Charlie Barron's, but um, but you gotta have your head in a swivel so you can barely pay attention to what you're listening to because that traffic is just five lanes of nuts yeah but everything up everything upregulates, right so you get used to that that becomes your new norm and then i feel like once your brain has settled into that you probably you can easily function while trying to concentrate on a podcast no no i hope so because... i mean every everything right like if you go from nothing to driving it's a big deal you know if you've never driven or you've never driven around other cars you've only ever driven on a farm then all of a sudden it's like a big deal just a normal you know normal wisconsin traffic yeah but then once you get used to that, then it's nothing. It's like our, we're malleable as human beings. Like our brains are so able to adjust to so many different things. It's almost scary. Yeah. I mean, I'd hope that that, at that pace that it's predictable, but you know, there is no warning where here, you know what people do use their, their directionals, uh, more often than more not. often. Yeah. Yeah. And half the time you got people driving here. It's, it's every time I go down the street, there's somebody staring at their phone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, um, but the big thing is, you know, being down there and just watching and listening to the complaints. I mean, people aren't happy with what's going on down there. They don't want to pay, you know, five something and six something for gas. I mean, I had to load the rental with, you know, $6 and 15 cents a gallon. That's insane. And you know, it's like, wow, I used a quarter tank and it cost me, you know, freaking 40 bucks for a quarter tank. And then, uh, you go to a grocery store or even dinner. I mean, granted, my my dinner was I had a tomahawk, a so, little a little extreme, yeah. So, but the average, you know, steak you're talking in a steakhouse that you order a steak and then you order everything out of cart. I mean, you're talking fifty to seventy five dollars. So it's uh, like I said, it's it's quite different down there than here. Yeah. And then houses there, you're getting eighteen hundred square feet for anywhere from six fifty k for an old house. Roughly about a million for about a twenty. That's considered new or old. Wow. And think of the taxes on top of that. So you know, like the team that I have down there, most of them have moved like about an hour away from work because they have to because got to stay away from these primaries to get some affordable real estate. So it's it's I don't know, it's a different way well, of life. It, stuff changes. Um because of the way that the human mind works right so like we're already seeing the mass exodus from places like california to texas well that's fucking texas austin austin is now turning into fucking little california but eventually i would think that you're going to see enough of an exodus from those areas that it should start kind of bending back towards some sort of normalcy i would think think? i would think so how how have the democrats ruled that policies over there for you know decades yeah i mean but how much of that like does that ever come back does that ever evolve back i mean i guess it hasn't in chicago it hasn't in detroit no most places uh that haven't you've seen the destruction and you know where they're sitting now 
So, I mean, you know, we live in Wisconsin where it goes back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, we're very much a purple state. Like, very much a purple state. Yeah. How it's going to go this year, I have no fucking clue. It's tough. I mean, the thing is, in Wisconsin, we've seen it over, over, you know, generations. It's really tough to um, unseat. Is that the right word? Unseat an incumbent. It really is. Yeah. even incumbents that have really low approval ratings seem to just get voted back in. It's it's a weird fucking it's a weird thing. Yeah, it's just uh, oh well, because our governor lives in uh, an area called Maple Bluff, and you know I meet with some guys that are fire and Leos uh, on a weekly basis, and you know they just had you know four shootings this past week in the surrounding you know city madison i think one was in verona and they said yeah the the only way if you get into a chase to make sure that something is done somebody is you know captured and pursued is if you chase them towards maple bluff so there's a street you you know it uh Mm -hmm. listeners don't it's sherman avenue that Mm -hmm. runs basically in city of madison into maple bluff and you know maple bluff is I mean, it's a well-to-do area. It's extremely affluent. It's right on the. It's right on the lake. Yeah, it's extremely yeah. affluent area. So our governor, who was a uh, education superintendent prior to being a governor, lives on this palatial estate right on uh, right on the lake in Maple Bluff. Well, in Maple Bluff, for some reason, the police are you know basically they pursue and they capture. So the city of Madison doesn't have that you know those orders so basically what they do is they try to push the chases up sherman avenue into maple bluff and boom criminals are captured for some reason now if you're putting two and two together you can probably figure out why yeah because the people that pay the real the people that pay the real bills live there (laughs) yeah you know well the governor lives there too so you know yeah but anyway let's face it like that's not just that area that's any affluent area like the people that pay the bills make make sure that the shit is safe I'd hope so. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah, remember that in your next election. Yeah, no kidding. So I was a little, I, w- I was a little, not dumbfounded here, but, you know, we use real news, no bullshit for a lot of things. Um, It's one of my, one of my favorite go-tos on social media for news, but I see they have a website now, right? So I'm looking through it, I'm looking through it, I'm looking through it, and they, they got some great headlines here. New York deploys National Guard as homeless shelters become overwhelmed. Organization threatens to blow up shipping containers being placed by the state of Arizona in areas where no border wall exists. And then I see this one down here that says stampede in South Korea kills 146 people. And I'm thinking stampede like a cow stampede. And so I (laughs) click on it. Well, stampede, I don't think is the right word. Maybe it is, but it was 100,000 people that got together for a Halloween celebration and, and ended up you know, whatever the story is, ended up stampeding and killed 146 people. But man, I click on this and then I get a fucking paywall and they Ooh. want me to pay $4 a month to be able to read their news articles. And I get it. Like, I get it. You have to pay these people, but I'm still not on board for paying monthly to read news. But yeah. I, I think it's the right way to go. I do. Yeah. I think it's the right way to go because then they're only beholden to me to give me the news, they're not beholden to any advertisers. They're not they're not clickbaiting me in by, you know, making sure that I'm clicking on 17 different news stories so that they can get paid on 17 different web pages. 
So I get it. So this is like that whole line <laughs> that draws right down the middle of us, right? This this contradictory opinion is I'm like, fuck you. I'm not paying $4 a month to read your news. And then I'm like, wait, but I know this is the right way to do it. No, but people used to pay money to get the newspapers delivered. I know. That's what I'm saying. I get it. But I don't want to do it. <laughs> $48 a month. I don't know, man. Just have to pay for that kid to ride his bike and throw you the paper. <sighs> I mean, I swear, people nowadays don't know who the paper boy is. Remember that video game? That was a great game. I was playing Frogger the other day. You remember Frogger? Jump, oh, jump, yeah. jump, 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 jump. So simple, but so entertaining. Kind of like the old Nokia snake. Yeah, if you guys know the Nokia snake, then you're fucking, then you're cool. Nokia's. Yeah, the snake game, you would just hit, there was four numbers on your keypad, and this snake would fly around. You know, he, it, was a, it wasn't a real snake, it was just a solid box. And every time it ate a thing, it would um, get one box bigger, one block or one pixel bigger. And you literally just had up, down, over, over. And those are the only buttons that you had on your screen. And the snake would, would go around. Yeah. You don't remember the snake on the that. Nokia? It, it was the only game on a Nokia phone. Oh, it was on a Nokia phone. I was like, Jesus, like on the amber screen. like Yeah, no, Commodore this is on 64. a Nokia, Nokia cell. You remember the Nokia, the Thor hammer phones that were like literally unbreakable? You throw them across the room and nothing would happen. I don't know, man. The Nokia brick. The little Nokia brick phone. Probably. Yeah, they were they were the most like bulletproof fucking phones that you could ever have. Damn. Yeah, I don't know. I just I have a bad memory. Maybe it's because I'm old. Well, I just remember the Motorola Flip because that was the first cell phone I ever. The got. Razor. And I thought it was cool. Was it the Razor? I don't know. It must have been the early Razor, but it had the little plastic antenna that you had to like. Oh yeah, no, it. that one's really old. Yeah, the I don't think the Razor never had an antenna, but yeah, yeah. The, that one was really old. But totally off topic. I don't know how we got on that. Yeah. But. All right. So. Adherence. So how I came about this topic was I got a book given to me at the gym. There's a guy. Um, I feel really bad because I don't remember his first name. And he introduced himself. And I didn't say it in my head seven times to remember it. So don't uh, remember his name. Somebody we know. Uh, he, Yeah, he's a younger guy nice guy and he said um, he's doing 75 hard right you know what 75 hard is that's the andy frisilla's deal you're you know only eating clean foods reading for so many minutes a day walking for so many minutes i don't even know what it all entails Uh, but it's it's called 75 uh hard oh 75 hard yeah i thought you said 75 hard heart no hard yeah 75 Hard. hard yeah yeah so I was like, oh, cool. And I know a little bit about it. So I'm like, what are you reading? And he starts telling me what he's reading. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. He's like, yeah, I got this next book that I'm going to get into called uh, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, Bigger, Badder, Bitchier. I don't remember what the fucking name of it is. But he's like, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. You know, just you know, making small talk. He's like, I'll bring it for you. <laughs> I'm like, well. Oh, so he gave you this. Yeah. So he, book? No, no, no. He brought, he brought me this book, this next book that he's going to read. This Bigger, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, I think is what the name of it is. And he that brings it to funny. me. Well, I didn't have the heart to tell him, like, okay, well, I'll take your book, but I'm going to audio book it anyways, because that's how I read. So, sidetrack, he gives me the second edition, which is the book that he ordered. You have to read the first one to get to the second one, because the second one references the first one, like, 
throughout the book. So if you don't know what the fuck you're referencing, it's a little tough. Oh, this but, is Andrew Priscilla too. No, no, no. This is a totally different guy. You follow oh. you get your my story. You're not following my story. I don't know, man. I got burned on the uh, 75 hard. So he's on, the, he's doing 75 hard. Part of 75 hard is reading for 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or whatever it is. Yeah. So I know that, that that's part of 75 hard. So I just ask what he's reading. Then he gets onto these different books that he's reading. Right. Oh, okay. And, uh, so he brings me this book and I'm like, all right, well, I audio book it and I'm, and I'm listening to it while I work this week. And part of it is like organizing your life to make the changes that you want to make the most simple, you know, easy changes that you can. Right. Because if you think about changes in your life, yeah. it's kind of like how water flows. Right. And water is always going to take the least, the path of least resistance. So if you have, you know, this, this stream coming in and you have two ways that the stream is going to go, you have one way that's kind of nice and smooth and the water is going to flow easy and it's, you know, really nice and downhill. And then you have this other way where it's got to go through rocks and maybe it's a little bit up and a little bit down. Water is always going to flow through the easiest, you know, and we all know that this is common sense. Well, that's how you need to engineer your life to make these changes. And because we're all human. And we all lack self-discipline at some point in time. It doesn't mean that you're not self-disciplined when you make the goal. It doesn't mean that you're not self-disciplined when you start making the changes. But at some point in time, your self-discipline is going to be lacking. And you're going to mess up. And you're going to get away from whatever this goal change that you're going to want to be. So if you organize your life where the smoothest, easiest path for that water to flow is the path that is in line with your new goals. Yeah then that is the easiest, most intelligent way to adhere to any goal. So I started, and and this TEDx from Stephen Dunier, and I started watching this, and this dude is, uh, he starts talking about small incremental changes. And the example that he uses. Is this a TED Talk you're talking about? Yeah, this is a TED Talk now. Oh, what is it, TEDx? Uh, TEDx are the little TED Talks. They're like little individual TED Talks from around the, wor- around the world. So this would have been like TEDx Orange County, I think is what this was. Oh, okay. So it's just little, small, you know, offshoots of TED, the big organization. And Sorry, I thought my hearing was going because I got 75 heart TEDx. I'm you're, sorry. Yeah, you're, you're all. It's either you got to get that dick out of your mouth. You're or... all fucked up. Well, you've got 75 monitors here between us. So I fucking, <laughs> I got to like look over. I feel like my dog trying to look onto the fucking dinner table. Yeah, I got NASA going on here. Well, you know, the thing is, too, is our audio quality would improve if we would completely close each of us off and then we would listen to each other in headphones while we're recording. But I'm not fucking ready for that. yet. So <laughs> um, so this Stephen Dunier is talking about small incremental changes and he starts he, he opens up his TED talk and he opens up with the fact that he. Somewhere in between his junior or no a sophomore and junior year in college he completely changes and decides that i know i am a adhd weak self-control individual i can stay on task for about five minutes and then i'm gonna move on to something else and he's like i'm gonna engineer my life around that instead of trying to battle it because i've tried to battle it my entire life right at that age you're 20 years old i've tried to battle it for 15 years of school and I've barely broken like C plus student average. It's like, I'm going to engineer my life around this knowledge of myself. 
And so he starts breaking everything up into five minute tasks. Okay, I need to read five chapters and write a paper before next Tuesday. In five minutes, I can read two pages. So we're going to read two pages and then we're going to move on to something else. And then we're going to come back. And after I do five minutes of something else, then we'll come back and read another two pages. Oh, yeah. And he starts breaking it up. And he says, that's one small, one small improvement, one small incremental change that I made in my life. And he's like, what do you think happened? My junior year, I was on the dean's list. My senior year, I graduated whatever, presidential, magna cum laude, whatever it was. It's like one incremental change. And then he breaks into this idea of, of uh, Novak Djokovic, right? The, probably, arguably one of the best tennis players ever in the history of tennis. And he's like, but if you look at his... Because what is tennis? Tennis is a game that breaks down to the amount of points and every point is a decision that you made. Said, so when he was just, when he was starting out and he was making, you know, $150,000 a year as like the 83rd best tennis player in the world, he made the right choice 49% of the time. He made 49% of the points that were possible. Small incremental change. When he went from 49% of the points to 52% of the points, he was making $5 million a year, winning championship after championship. When he went from 52% of the points to 55% of the points, so now we're talking going from 83rd in the world, making a few hundred thousand dollars a year, to that's 49% of the points. When he goes from that to making 55% of the points later in his career, he's at the point where he's arguably the best tennis player in the world. That's only yeah. 6% more, right? Yeah. So it's these small incremental changes in our life. And that's how we need to look at our adherence, right? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yeah. So you want, and then I kind of reached out to people and I put it on my, you know, I put it on my story. I said, you know, we're talking about adherence to goals. So what are some goals that you guys want? And I kind of broke it down to like, are squared away, right? Our four pillars of being squared away and kind of the top goals. And then I just did some brainstorming, you know, and kind of thought of how can we break these big overarching goals down to these smallest points? And then how can we engineer somebody's life to change and become more adhere or adhere better to these points? So when you're talking about adherence, so that's when I inserted in your notes there. Yes. So this is what we do on the operational side. And the basis of what I do on the operational side comes from a, um, the lean method- methodology. Mm-hmm. This Japanese, it's called, I think we've mentioned it a few times before, it's 5S. So as we get into the different areas, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, you know, think about um, how to do 5S. Because 5S is a methodology that helps you even like, you know, how to make toast more efficiently in your kitchen. It's, and basically when you talk about adherence, the other word for it is, you know, the big buzzword that goes around, it's called sustainability, right? Cause everybody's like, well, I make a product that is, has sustainable growth or I make a product and they just keep throwing this word out. Just tells you that means, okay, how would, how is it going to stay for the long term? You know, how is that discipline going to, how are you going to maintain that? So before you hit that here, here's a method is. Um, if, if you clean your garage out and you want the most efficient way to use your tools in your garage, or if you don't have a garage, your kitchen, okay. Or your bedroom closet, whatever you want to do. 
And the five things is number one is sort, which just means sort out what you have. This is, these are the resources I have right now. Do I need any more resources or not? But just sort out what you got and sort out what's garbage, what you don't need, some non-value items that you didn't use for two years, get rid of it. So, and we can talk about how it applies to health and whatnot, you know, after this. But the second step is what's called the set in order, or Americans will change it to what's called straighten out. So take what you've sorted out, now straighten it out or organize it, right? And then third is basically the standardize it. So standardize what the product is or the tool is that's needed for the job and standardize that process that needs to happen. So if you're making toast, you need what? You need a butter knife, you need a toaster. So make sure that those are positioned in the best, most efficient way possible. And then after you get all of the standardization done, then there's, you know, what's called shine, which is just superficial. Okay, make everything look pretty. So if you get your life together and you got your exercise program put together, guess what? You know what? Buy some gear. Because sometimes having the cool gear or, you know, looking good makes you feel good about going to the gym, right? clothes that fit right like yeah. as you start losing weight that's one thing that you that that people have a hard time with is like wearing they have their they have their clothes that they like they yeah. have their you know their safety mechanisms right and yeah at, you see it because you'll all of a sudden see that, that that mind change in somebody yeah and all of a sudden they go from wearing the same old thing that they've always been wearing to this like these new clothes that yeah. fit right they look good right and you'll see that change and that yeah. change that's the shine it's taking the pride in in the process that you're putting in. So yeah. if it's your garage or your it's kitchen. Sweep, yeah, it's the sweep in the garage. It it's, looks yeah. great. And if it's in a, like in, in my case, if it's in a, a warehouse, guess what? The racks are shiny orange. The floors are shiny clean. You're not like walking through dust. There's not plastic or garbage, you know, laying on the floor. It looks like hey, everything is always in showroom condition. And that's the whole point of 5S is that when a stranger walks into your house, it looks like it's in showroom, it's in mint condition all the time. And it's not done because of everybody rushing around last minute knowing somebody's coming over. It's that way all the time. And there's no surprises. So the fifth is sustain. And that's what we're talking about today, adherence or what's the sustain of it. And we talked about it, I think it was the last week. We talked about PDCA. So 5S relates yeah, to PDCA is the plan, do, check, and act. So the check and act is the sustainability. So as we get into, you know, more of the adherence or sustainability, it's you can't have adherence or sustainability if you don't have accountability. And that's what the CA of PDCA is. And that's what the sustain is for 5S. So what I do, what I'm doing traveling right now is doing audits. So when I audit, it means I walk into a warehouse or fulfillment operation and I look at it and be like, okay, well, here's the criteria of the set of the, of the standardization. Here's your processes and how are they being followed and what's our success based on the data. And if it's not successful, I need to change it and then reenact that plan and then act. And that's what I had to do. I had one warehouse that was perfect. I had one warehouse that needs a lot of work. So we have to put a plan together the next morning and now we're going to boom, implement it and then check it. Well, the same thing with your life. So if it's not working in your kitchen and it takes you too long to make toast, guess what? Move the toaster. Basic as that, right? Yep. So, so yeah, what we're going to be talking about relates to that. And if you want to apply it in your life in such a manner 
a PDCA or 5S, try it once. It works. And you literally could Google 5S online and see some old dude showing you how to 5S making toast in the morning. Yeah. And realistically, like this is just our brainstorm of, you know, of how to make these things happen. Your life is the way that you implement the small incremental changes is going to completely depend on your life, your schedule, your, you know, needs, your wants, your budget. It's, it's all going to be completely custom to you. These are just kind of overarching ideas that could make these things a lot easier. Yeah. And the key is, is the small adjustments because it's too many times to see people start a plan, quit the plan. Then they start completely over again. I got a guy right now. Quit the plan. I got a guy right now. He, he, he's messaged me multiple times. He's a friend of mine. He's like, I'm just sick of being fat. Right. And he's like, and he told my daughter, he's like, your dad's going to get me on this great diet. That's going to, you know, I'm going to lose all this weight. And then he's going to get rich because of this diet. And he texts me last night. He's like, what's the name of this diet going to be? And I texted back this morning. I'm like, no shortcuts. That's what the name of it's going to be. Cause there is no shortcut. And so I just sent him, I sent him a meal plan, super simple meal plan, three meals, the first half of his day, and then eat whatever you want with your, with your family. Um, and he's like, well, I need exercises too. I'm like, no, we're not doing that yet. You need to make this a habit first. Yeah. You need to make these small changes. I, you know, let's start with meal one, meal two, meal three, and then eat whatever your family's eating. When you've done that for a long enough time and you're seeing some fucking changes, then let's worry about moving your body. But first, I need you to implement that. Yeah. And that's, that's a plan. But that per, the, the people have to realize that these are lifestyle changes. They're not just a program. That's where I think uh, I get in conversations where it's like I hear Whole30 and, you know, nothing, nothing against, you know, we just talk about 75 hard, but everything is like 30, 75, 120, three months, two weeks, you know, your beach body, you're, you're only about two months away from your beach body. But then what happens afterwards? Yeah. These go people go right habits. back to the old habits. It's like you have to devise a plan or a 5S set in order what this plan is going to be forever for the rest of your life. What do you want your life to look like? That's why I love the idea of the 80-20 plan, right? 80% of the time I'm on point, 20% of the time I'm fucking off. You know, yeah. 80% of the time at the gym, I'm into it. I'm right on plan. I'm working hard. 20% of the time, fuck, I might be doing something completely wrong, light and stupid, right? Yeah. Or I'm talking to a friend or whatever. Uh, 80% of the time I'm strict with my food. 20% of the time I'm fucking off. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where that 80-20 plan works best because guess what? You know, for us, we have four seasons. You know, maybe it's a little different in Florida and California. I, my lifestyle would adjust a little differently. But a lot of times for us in the Midwest, and not just the Midwest, but, you know, even the people in the East Coast that, Guess what? We have winters and people hide in the winters, right? So we, what do we call it? It's bulking, bulking season. season, right? So we pack on a little weight. We still work out. But all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, we need to tweak it because we're going to Florida or we're going to you know the Caribbean in the spring. So then we work hard to shred up before then. But if you're on the 80-20 plan, guess what? You only have to tweak your lifestyle to fit. Okay, hey, I'm going to shred up a little earlier this spring. So that I can, you know, look halfway decent on the beach, right? This guy and this guy that wrote this bigger, leaner, stronger book, um, his big suggestion, and I, and it's kind of like how I've been doing it for a few years now, um, but it just happens to be how he suggests to do it is a, um, basically a slow bulk, 
and a mini cut and a slow bulk and a mini cut. So you're adding weight, right? Because yeah. really about the best, it seems like scientifically about the best you can do. We're fucking getting in the weeds again. This is how we roll. <laughs> um, really, it seems like about the best that you can do is about 50-50 fat to muscle if you're going to put on weight. Yeah. It's about the best. Pretty fucking rare for somebody to put on 75% muscle and 25% fat. Yeah. It just really doesn't happen because you have to be in a calorie surplus for your body to put on muscle. Your body's not stupid. Your body doesn't want all this extra weight. It only will put on this extra weight if it's like, oh, we're comfortable. We're getting food all the time. We can carry a little bit extra muscle because, you know, this will be good for us because we know we can get food whenever we want. Yeah. If your body is in a, is in a calorie deficit or a scarce calorie scarcity, it does not putting on muscle. Sorry. It's not fucking happening. Yeah. So you put on this 50-50, right? This, let's say you put on six pounds. And if you're, a, if you're an intermediate weightlifter, if you've been lifting for more than a year or two, expecting to put on more than a pound or two of muscle a year is, is a moonshot. It just doesn't happen. Like scientifically, oh, yeah. we've seen that it just doesn't happen naturally. So let's say you're, you're, you know, it's, it's 10, 12, 14, 16, 20 weeks, and you put on six pounds and you did it healthy. You did it with, you know, with, with a calorie surplus, but it was only like a 500 calorie surplus and it was clean food. And three pounds of that was muscle and three pounds of that was fat. Realistically, about a pound and a half was muscle, a pound and a half was water. And then three pounds was fat, right? Because your muscle holds a ton of water. Then we're going to cut back three or four pounds of that to get rid of the fat that we gained. And then we're going to do it in another, you know, big, call it, they call it a, a mesocycle, right? A big three, four month cycle. And we're going to rotate through these cycles. And then in two years, three years, four years, maybe you have 10 pounds more of lean muscle mass on your body. But this isn't getting fat and then getting skinny again, you know, right. That, yeah. that kind of old school bodybuilder, like dirty bulk. Oh yeah. So oh, I understand where you're coming from, man, but it's, uh, you know, going back to it's, uh, I look at people that don't make it their lifestyle and all of a sudden they're completely out of shape, but then all of a sudden vacation is going to be in March. And they they wonder why they don't get the change they want, but they're like hitting it hard for like a month and a half. Have you noticed how many people that are just just I'm going to call them normies, right? Like they're not gym goers. They're just normal people. They're not not all of them are out of shape. Some people are in decent shape for being completely the most unhealthy you ever fucking see in your life. Yeah. Right. They they like judge you for being in shape. Like, what are you what are you lifting? For? What are you working towards? Yeah. What are you doing? Like life, I guess. Like. So that I don't strangle you when you say something stupid to my face? Yeah. It's just like, it's the weirdest thing. I have so many people that are like, well, what, what, are, you, what are you doing it for? Yeah, but it's gotten worse now. There, there's a, I've there's, just noticed it in the last health, three health months. shaming. I've just really noticed big. it in the last three months. Really? People really, really like going out of their way to like ask me why I'm in the shape I'm in. Yeah. And I'm not in any amazing shape. Like I'm a muscular guy. I've got a good amount of muscle on my body, but I've got a good amount of fat on my body too. Like I'm just a decent shape guy. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine if I was like bodybuilder physique. I don't, but it doesn't matter if you're healthy and you have good habits. It seems like the people now they are like trying shit to shit out of you. Yeah. And I usually laugh and I'll tell them, it's like, Hey, guess what? You know, when shit hits the fan, if it does, guess what? I'll be at your house. 
basically clearing out all your supplies for you. So my thing is, is coming from a place of, of wanting to inspire change in the world, I can't, I have to practice what I preach. That's where I'm at. And that's what I tell them. Like, I'm trying to change the fucking world. Like I am. I'm trying to yeah. improve everyone around me, whether that be their mental health, their physical health, their spiritual health, their emotional health. I'm trying to improve everyone that I can touch in a day. And if I'm not practicing that shit, then nobody's going to fucking listen to me. Wow, that's a pretty good answer. I'm usually a sarcastic dick drawing, uh, you know, dude that just says, hey, guess what? You're my supply bag when shit hits a fan. Did we just switch? Because usually <laughs> I'm the sarcastic <laughs> asshole and you're like the logical fucking. Well, usually I uh, like person. quietly, stealthily, you know, yeah, behave that way. But, you know, after last week, I guess shit's out. After your dick drawing, everybody knows that Martin's a real human being. <laughs> so. Let's start with physical because let's face it, like that's where that's where we ride. That's kind of our that's our home base. That's our 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 North Star. Right. Yeah. And so there's a few different physical goals that people generally have. Usually it is lose weight, get stronger or eat healthier. And I don't have anything for eat healthier because realistically, eat healthier is going to go along with lose weight. You're just going to eat more of the type of stuff that you want to change. Right. You're going to eat more healthy food versus losing weight. like. I don't care how much healthy food you eat. If you're not in a calorie deficit, your body's not going to lose weight. Sorry, it's not going to happen. So if I need to explain what deficit is, it means less calories than your body is burning in a day. That's all. Um, oh, I skipped over a healthy brain functions, make it more, make it more malleable to make changes. I watched this fucking crazy video from this neuroscientist that was talking about, he showed all these brain scans and they weren't brain scans of, like um, they, they look like your brain had holes in them. And yeah. what it was is that was basically dead, dead tissue in your brain that was no longer getting any blood flow, no longer had any neural activity. And that there was still tissue. Right. But it was like useless tissue. And Shit. he had he had the brain tissue or the brain scans of like healthy people. And then he had brain scans of people who had like NFL players. Right. Or people who were drink daily drinkers or people who had sleep apnea or people that were obese and he had these brain scans and these fucking people's brains looked like Swiss cheese. It was the craziest thing. It, there was dead spots all over their brain where it was just tissue that was useless, not functioning anymore. No more neuronal connections, no more electricity, no more blood flow, no more heat signatures. Jeez. And it was wild to see. And the way that, and the, the reason he was talking about this, cause he was talking about how much easier making positive change in your life is when you're getting your brain healthy. So what the, what did it look like? Was there a scale? I mean, did the daily drinker have a lot of dead spots? Did the obese person have a ton of dead yeah, spots? It, I'll send you the video. Um, if you guys want to find it, I think it was called change your brain to change your life. And it was another, I think it was, an, it might've been another Ted talk or it wasn't even, it might not have been. A so TED what was talk. the healthy? A healthy one is just a, it's a solid, um, it looked like what you would look like at a picture of a brain, but it was just a, a electrical scan with different color pattern. Holistically, what contributed to the non-decline? First thing, sleep. Second thing, healthy diet. Third thing, not regularly consuming alcohol. Um, fourth thing is, is, is instigating brain growth through learning new things, learning new habits, reading, stuff like that. 
Those oh. were the biggest things that that contributed to like the healthy brain. So can you recover some of those deaths? Yes, and that was another thing is you can change you can. that. Yeah, he so he okay. took his when he first got into this part of the science, he was 37 years old and he shows the brain scan difference between him at 37 and him at I think 50 or 52. And where his brain used to have a ton of ridges because if you think of you're looking at like a, a hole from the top, right? It would be ridgy. Not a hole from the side, you're going to see a hole but a hole from the top would be a ridges. So his brain had a ton of ridges. It wasn't bad. It wasn't an un unhealthy brain the way like an alcoholic's brain looks, but it was still very, very bumpy and very ridgy. And then his brain scan at 52 with implementing all these changes and living a very healthy life was a solid, not necessarily like a spherical, like a ball, but it was much less ridgy, much less um, dead areas. Oh, that's interesting. So healthy brain, if you can improve your brain function, making any of these changes, whatever your goals are in life, are going to be easier because your brain is actually able to function better and catch yourself not making the change or wanting to do the other thing. And it's just it just makes everything in life better, right? Yeah. So first thing, if your goal is to get stronger, right, we're not going to get stronger without a workout habit. So like I have mine, I have my notes are completely set up in basically a hierarchical or like an outline fashion. So first thing, boom, 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 ding, ding, ding. We write on the top, the big top of the whiteboard, start a workout habit. Okay. But then under that, we have these little offshoots, right? And it's shoes wear in my daily routine. Because if you want to build a workout habit, we have to get to the smallest point. So when is my workout habit going to be? Well, will my workout habit be maybe it's morning? Maybe it's lunchtime, maybe it's evening, right? And these are, this, these are the thought process that you should be going through if your goal is just to get, you know, just to get stronger, just to build a workout habit, right? And so if it's in the morning, then we're gonna, our, our, our organized changes in our life are going to be different than it's at lunch or different than it's in the evening because we're going to try to make this the most absolute easiest direction for that water to follow. So if our workout is in the morning, the things we're going to try to do. And these are just a, this is a, you know, five things of a hundred different changes that you could make little tiny incremental changes that are going to make your life so much easier to just where you don't think about making the change. You don't think about getting up and going to the gym. You literally, everything is thought of for you while you're, while you're conscious, while you have self-discipline, you're organizing your life so that these changes are so fucking easy. Right? Yeah. So we're going to pack everything the night before we're going to, Make sure that we have everything with us so we can go right to work from the gym, right? Because if you have a bag packed, if you have your duffel bag packed with all your work clothes, your work computer, your wallet, your, you know, cell phone charger, your headphones, all this shit, and you have to get that back out because your ass did not go to the gym in the morning, you have to unpack your bag at home and get ready. You're yeah. not, you're not going to do it. The easiest thing is to get ready at the fucking gym. Grab the bag, walk out of your house. Because if you grab the bag and you walk out of your house, you're going to go to the gym. You're going to get a workout in. You're going to get ready at the gym and you're going to go to work. Putting that bag on your fucking shoulder and walking out of your front door, nobody's going to get in their car and then come back in the fucking house. Right. It's not going to happen. So this one really helped me because caffeine is fucking addictive and I'm a caffeine head. A pre-workout <laughs> because rarely do you drink a caffeinated pre-workout and then go back to sleep. It's not going to yeah, fucking happen. It's true. So what if you have that pre-workout right on your nightstand? So when your alarm goes off, you snooze your alarm and you drink that pre-workout. 
It doesn't mean you're going to get up, but guess what? In 10 or 15 minutes when that caffeine hits your body, you're fucking up. You're not snoozing your alarm again. Yeah. It's not happening. So have that pre-workout ready. If you're, if you're going to drink a pre-workout, if you're not going to, please don't just because I said it, because if it, caffeine's like crack. Yeah, that might screw you. Yeah. More in ways than one. Close set out the night before, so you just slip them on, grab your bags, and leave. That means your workout clothes. Your workout shoes are right next to the door. Your workout clothes are right there. You don't have to go in the closet and think about it. You don't have to do anything. You literally drink your pre-workout. Oh, you go back to sleep. Before the alarm even goes off, you're starting to get awake. The alarm goes off again because it's been a seven-minute snooze, and you're like, all right, fuck, I'm up. Like, I'm jacked. I'm wired. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I don't have to go in my closet. My clothes are right here. I'm going to take a piss. I'm going to grab my bags that I packed the night before, and I'm going to walk out the door. Yeah. Right? This is what we mean by making it the most absolute easy change that you possibly can. Yeah. For people that, you know what, guess what, you have little kids and you can't get to the gym in the morning, but you want to work out in the morning, at some point, it's either you have to make the investment to put the equipment in your house, or for some of you, it's, guess what, body weight workout is not bad. We're having a couple bands in the bedroom, but for that, if they, you don't want to drink the highly caffeinated Paul pre-workout, <laughs> then you probably want to just, you know, as soon as you, that alarm goes off, you flip the lights on, man. You flip the lights on and boom, uh, just pop out of bed. Worst thing you can do and worst thing sometimes I do is hit snooze. Because when you hit snooze, you're not getting any quality sleep. And you're, you're not going to, you're just going to make yourself more drowsy and you're just going to keep hitting that snooze. So just pop right out of bed, turn the lights on and boom, all of a sudden you're like, Whoa. and start doing some ab work. Start doing some air squats, start doing some push-ups, or if you got bands in a room, you could, you could do a lot of stuff. Right there, right? So you said if you're, if you're one of those people that has kids, but you want to work out in the morning. Well, that right there might be a red flag. I have kids. I can't just leave the house. I'm a single parent, right? I can't just leave the house at 6 in the morning to go work yeah. out because I need to get my kids ready for school and get them off to school. Well, guess what? Then maybe a morning workout routine is not the one we should be thinking about for you. Right. Or what do while they're sleeping. So, uh, you know. I'm a single dad. I got a kid at home. Uh, a lot of times I'll get up an hour before he's got to wake up and then just get the workout done at home. Yep. I mean, I have equipment at home, but even if I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go in at, at noon to the gym and get some work done while well, I'll do some other work. Yeah. I can do ab work. I yep. can do band work. So you don't have to, if you're in an apartment, you figure it out. Do you guys want a good fucking ab workout where you need nothing? Jeff Cavalier's Athlean X seven minute abs. Literally, it's seven minutes of hell, but it hurts so good. And you could do it on your kitchen floor, on your living room floor. Yeah. And it takes seven minutes. Yeah. And for people, and there's videos like that for everything. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And even if you're traveling in a shitty hotel that has a shitty uh, workout room, like when I traveled last week, I had to go to. Planet Fitness for my workouts, but there was a morning where I guess what I couldn't get there, so I just grab a, a towel from the bathroom and I lay it on the ground and I start doing some groundwork, start doing some abs, start doing some push-ups, and you can do you can do air squats anywhere, anywhere, literally anywhere on the fucking train on yeah. your way to work. You can do you know in place lunges, you know rear step lunges, or you can even do forward step lunges. You can do a lot of that. And a lot of that is so super beneficial. It might take 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes max out of your day, but it's so beneficial to get it done. 
So right there, what we did, what we did there is we broke it down as to like, I want to give you a diagram of how to make your change. Your change is going to be different. Everyone's change is going to be different, but that diagram, yeah. right? We set the big top goal. And then we, we talk about intermediate goals that are going to make that top goal happen, right? The second intermediate goal between this one would be learning how to get stronger. Because if you don't know what you're doing, then you need to learn what you're doing. That might mean getting a trainer. That might mean replacing your mindless hours of media consumption, whether it be the radio on the drive to work or, you know, your social media with, excuse me, learning hours, books, audiobooks, videos, podcasts, all this stuff. This change is going to be applicable no matter what your goal is, right? So let's go into losing weight, right? So big overarching goal written on the top of the whiteboard, lose weight. How? How do we lose weight, right? We're going to eat more of the good stuff and we're going to eat less of the bad stuff. So that's our two next hierarchical points, right? Or our next points under that, our next bubbles under the lose weight. How are we going to eat more good stuff? Well, then we break that down into smaller points, right? We're going to learn what the good stuff is. So that goes right back to the thing we just talked about, replacing those, those mindless hours with positive learning hours. Let's do some audiobooks on clean eating. What are clean foods, right? Let's buy more good food, right? So if we, if we take the, the idea of like making the water flow down the easiest path, we only have or mostly only have good food in the house. That's going to be the easiest path. Or we're going to have to drive to the fucking gas station to get junk food. Or we're going to have to drive, you know, over here to get this, right? So if we buy more good food and then learn to cook more good food, right? We're talking meal prep, making, making things that are good for you, taste good, you know, stuff like that. Because yeah. let's face it, just regular raw broccoli, yeah, it's okay, but it doesn't fucking taste very good. Yeah. But you sprinkle some garlic on that broccoli and roast it in the oven, oh, man, it's so fuck. I could eat a whole pan of, of roasted garlic and that's, that's roasted the, broccoli. That's the key there is I think a lot of people think it's a huge effort to learn what the good stuff is, and it's not. There's so many resources out there between YouTube and Google and just talking to people that understand or that know and have been through the program because I just see too many failed diets because uh, too many people are like, well, I, I can't do that. And they start making excuses. And the reason to make excuses is that they don't really want to do it. They want the benefits. They just don't want to make it there. And like you said, it's learn what the actual good stuff is and then find a way to make it taste better. It's like kale. I'm not a huge fan of kale, but guess what? If I freeze the kale and freeze some blueberries, put it in a blender, and it actually tastes good. But the kale is so good because uh, did I mention the last uh, podcast? So I'm going for my master's in nutrition and health. Mm -hmm. So because that's something I want to do long term. But we're studying the effects on food just on the body and how your liver. You got to keep your liver healthy so that it affects your mental function affects your metabolism affects everything that your body does and it's just this little thing that you know we slice up and hate, hate to eat right so um you know kale was something that i learned was like wow it's hugely beneficial to keep your keep you from having a fatty liver and they talk about adding any calcium with the kale no no okay so there's something to god fucking rabbit holes again don't worry about it calcium, calcium with kale, kale is good because the bad there is a bad thing in raw kale that you it'll link to the calcium in your body, you'll process it instead of it going into your body. Anyways, totally fucking random. 
Um, <laughs> so, right. So this is this hierarchical thing. We, our big goal was lose weight. Our intermediate goals were eat more good stuff under eat more good stuff. We we're going to engineer our life. So it's easier to eat more good stuff than it is to eat shitty stuff, right? Eat less bad stuff. How do we engineer our lives? So eat less bad stuff. I wish I could draw this picture for you guys. Cause really this is like big goal, smaller goals broken into even smaller parts. And those smaller parts are the parts that make this shit easy for you to do. It makes your, makes it mindless, right? Like we don't need to have self-control if we have self-discipline when we're setting these plans up. Identify the bad foods that we regularly consume. Organize your life so that those foods are less likely to consume. So that means not having them in the house. That means meal prepping so that you're not necessarily having to like, oh, well, what should I have for lunch today? Well, I'm two blocks away from Culver's or if you guys somewhere else, two blocks away from Fatburger, you know, like, okay, well, it doesn't matter because I meal prepped and I have my food here with me. Right. So if we don't buy those foods, we can't buy them. Maybe we drive a different route on our way home. If like if our if our shitty habit is stopping to get a fucking donut on the way home, we know that's a shitty habit. Right. So if we want to stop that habit, maybe we have to go three blocks out of our way to not drive by the fucking donut shop. Oh, yeah. Right. And the one excuse I heard last week is that, uh, well, if I got to travel and I go, you know, go places, there's no healthy food options. Go to a grocery store. Yeah, you go to a grocery store. And guess what? 90% of restaurants now have healthy options. So, and you have to go into that, go back to learn what the good stuff is, because sometimes those healthy options aren't really that healthy. So you really have to have, start developing your mind. And this is great for your mental portion. Guess what? Make your reading about learning what is healthy and what is not healthy. Good Calories, Bad Calories by Gary Taubes. Amazing book. Amazing book. And he's got some big, he's got some like big nutritional tomes that are 800 pages. This one is much more broken down, much more like active things that you can do, not fucking, you know, all the science behind it. Because somebody like me, I'm a dork. I need to know the science before I'm even going to implement it. Most people, they just want to know what to do. Yeah. Right. Don't read. Here's a hint. Don't read the uh, food pyramid because that's effed up. Yeah, the food pyramid was basically designed by the marketing companies for the foods that are bigger on the food pyramids. Yes. um, (laughs) So that's physical, right? Eat healthier is the same as that. Just make sure you're eating, you know, enough food to sustain your body. Um, Your mental, like if we have new things for mental. So our big, you know, the big three I have here are learn a new task, read more or build your vocabulary, right? So if we go the same, the same, you know, hierarchical arch of big thing on the top of the whiteboard, learn a new task. Well, how do we do that? We break it into smaller things. So we identify the steps to learning a new task. So what is a new task? Let's say it's a language, right? You want to learn a new language because you fucking love German girls and you want to start dating some German girls and you want to be able to talk to them in German, right? German is such a shitty language too. Not a shitty language. Excuse me. It's not (laughs) It's not a sensual <laughs> language. Like German is hard. German's like uh, Russian. These hard vowels. Anyways. So what would be that? Okay. Well, we're going to do a, you know, we're going to do it. What is that? Rosette, Rosetta Stone. Right. Yeah. Is that, Rosetta right? Stone so we're right, going to yeah. do a Rosetta Stone. Well, how do we make sure that we actually do it? Right. Well, we re-engineer our drive to work or our walk to work. And we don't have other things that we're going to do. So we don't turn the radio on. We put our headphones in. And we go to Rosetta Stone could even be to the point that you like pull Apple music or Spotify off of your phone while you're trying to learn this new language. So you can't fuck up and do something else. You literally the only thing you have yeah. to listen to on your drive is your Rosetta Stone app. 
Yeah. Right. So we're making this the easiest. We're engineering our life so that we can't fuck up. Yeah. That's how we adhere to goals. Yeah. For a lot of you that are homeowners, guess what? I find the best thing is buy a really nice noise canceling, you know, headset. So I use my AirPod Pros in the gym and stuff, but I use these big honking earmuffs when I'm like working around the house. Because this time of year, especially in the uh, Midwest, is leaf raking. We hear it right now. Somebody's yeah. out blowing. Somebody's out right blowing. Now. I can so, hear it. so you can blow Saturday and a Sunday hours on end, either mindlessly raking leaves, or guess what? You can put on a podcast and learn in those hours that you're, you know, raking those dirty things. What if you want to read more? What if that's your goal? I got a big one up here, up here on the top that people are going to fucking hate. Uh-oh. What if you got rid of your TV? Hey, that's... At least... It's... All it's right, a... at least get your TV... At least, at least you pulled your TV out of your bedroom. Yeah. Right? If your goal was to read more, you set the habit, you know, you're, instead of saying we're going to get rid of all TVs in the house and we're only going to read, right? We say, all right, we're going to read for 20 minutes before we go to bed. Well, we pull the TV out of our bedroom. So the only thing we have is we're going to lay in bed with our stare at the ceiling or we're going to sit in bed and read. Yeah. Right? Yep. Or take some time and get out of the house and go to a coffee shop and grab a table and just read a book. And what is the other big distraction we have? It's our phone, right? Yeah. So what if we left our phone at home when we went to that coffee shop? Ooh, yeah. God, you feel naked, don't you? You do that if, uh, like, so if I'm not reading an actual hard copy book, I have uh, the Kindle app on my iPhone. Well, you would have to just get a Kindle. I know. I, I thought about that. At this point, I, I like being in an airport. And, you know, if I like to sit down and read, I'll read it off my phone. What if you put your airplane mode on? Because the book's downloaded to the Kindle app, right? Correct, like it yeah. would load even if you had oh, no yeah, service. Oh, yeah, put it in airplane mode because yeah. Yeah, that's what I do on the plane. Yep. So, yep. So okay. there you go. Yeah. Put it in airplane mode. Okay, I'm going to read for 20 minutes. It's going to be airplane mode for 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, but what if somebody needs to get a hold of me? You're not that fucking important. Right. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're taking a sh- well, never mind. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I'm going to call when I'm taking a shit, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that you can hack your phone can, you, you know, your phone use, right? Screen time reminders. Like if you set screen screen time reminders on your phone, don't just set one for, you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, set it for 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, set the motherfuckers. So the reminders are so fucking annoying. You're like, fine, put it away. Fine. Just, yeah. get, get out of my hands. Right. We're yeah. engineering our lives to make it so that we are doing what we want to do without thinking, right? This is the this is the pulling money out of your paycheck and sending it into savings before it ever hits your bank account. Yeah. And this goes back to, I mean, the people that I talk about is that are always giving me excuses. Is, you know what? I tell them, find an excuse to win. Okay? Stop finding excuses to lose. Find excuses to win. Set yourself up for success. I mean, it's, it's, it is looking at a goal looking at a task and breaking it down to its smallest parts, right? How do you need an elephant? Yeah. One bite at a time. We're breaking it down to a smallest part. It is that, you know, Jovan Nokovic, I only need to win 3% more points to go from being average to being one of the best in the fucking game. Yeah. You only need to make 10% more good decisions throughout your day to go from who you are now to the fucking most amazing person that you could ever dream of you becoming. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And, and we're, there's no way we're going to get through all this. So emotional control, you're trying to learn some emotional control. 
or you're trying to be more, you know, have more emotional control. That big goal is the emotional control. Inside that, how are we going to be aware of our emotions before we can control them? Well, then we're going to set up a mindfulness meditation, you know, task. We're going to start with five minutes. We're going to learn mindfulness. We're going to set reminders on our phone. We're going to tell somebody, hey, at 10 o'clock every day, I need 15 minutes. You know, the people that normally would contact you, right? And then we're going to build our awareness of how to control these emotions. Because once we are aware of these emotions, we're gonna, how, do, how do we get rid of negative emotions? How do we process negative emotions? Or how do we feel more happy emotions, more positive emotions? And this keeps going. Well, we got on a whole, and whole on podcast and on. on positivity last we, week. So We did. And so this, let's break whatever these goals are. Because first of all, I think everybody that's listened to this podcast more than fucking five times has got some goals. Because it's literally, we talk about changing your life, improving your life, being the best version of you. But how are we going to, we're going to start with this big goal. Whatever this big goal is, it's going to be a big bubble. I got my, my hands in a big circle above my head and it's this big bubble. And then off of that are going to be the steps to accomplishing that. And then off of each one of those steps is going to be, how am I going to change my life or engineer my life so that that is the way my brain is going to go. That is the only way, right? If you think about a detour. If you're, if, if, if they're working on a bridge and they need to send you around the bridge, they don't just say, go around the bridge. They set up an actual detour with like signs, turn here, arrows, straight here, straight here, straight here, straight at this intersection, straight at this intersection, left this intersection. We're basically setting up a detour around shit habits for your body to learn new processes and new habits. And man, once we do that for a few months, you'll be amazed. You don't even fucking think of it anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, Sunday, I got a meal prep. Hey, do you guys want to go golf on Sunday? Yeah, that's fine, but I got a meal prep at two. Right. Plan, do, check, and act. That's right. Make a plan. So spiritually, man. Spiritually, I, I didn't actually get to spiritually in my notes. Oh, you didn't? I wrote down the three goals that, that I was working on, which is pray more, learn more about my or any religion, be a better person. But each one of those, like, right, we could brainstorm those right now. If you wanted to pray more, well, when are you going to pray more? When? When's your time? Right. Is it going to be in the morning? Okay, well, then how do we engineer our life so that it is happening in the morning? Fuck, maybe we put our Bible on top of our clothes. Yeah. Right? You set your clothes out the night before and your Bible goes on top of your clothes or your Quran or whatever your religion of choice is. Goes on top of your clothes. So you have to, look, you have to move the fucking thing. Like I'm looking yeah. at it. Okay, it's on top of my pants. Am yeah. I just going to move it and get my pants? Probably not. Yeah. Or now it's like, Almost everybody has, you know, an app. So I heard there's, you know, another Bible app. There's like five different Bible apps that basically have devotionals in there, readings. So, and it literally will ask you, do you want notifications? When do you want the notifications? I want them every five minutes from 10 to 1030. Exactly. So the app will boom, all of a sudden pop up. It's like, hey, remember to read your Bible this morning. And, And so, I mean, I have mine set for as soon as I wake up. So I'll do the reading. And now they make it even easier. So they've evolved to, they can give you the reading. They can have somebody read it. They used to have somebody read it for you. On top of that, now they have a video of the person like reading and commentating on what you're reading. So it's like they, they spoon feed you. And, uh, and those are two, the two basic things of spirituality. And especially on the Christian side is guess what? You know, you just read, read the Bible because then you're going to know what, god is trying to tell you or is expecting of you and then the next one's communicate pray more so if you have a relationship with god if you have a relationship with any human being you communicate with them right yep so that's the only two way 
communication that happens is by praying. So, um, number three, you got what, a better person? Be a better person. I don't know. Is that people. spiritual? I don't know if that's spiritual. I think that's general. That's general. There's a lot of people, they just need to be better. That is general. Fuck, but, how do you, so if your goal is to be a better person, you kind of got to break that down into smaller goals, right? Like, that's not, yeah. that's like a bubble above a bubble. But the biggest barrier, though, is that last couple of weeks, it's frustrating, is that anytime, you know, everybody wants, everybody loves the growth mindset. Growth mindset is slowly becoming just a term. The buzzword? The buzzword. People are throwing around, kind of like, you know, sustainability. It becomes such a term that all of a sudden nobody cares about it anymore. But every time you talk to them is they want this goal, but they are giving you every excuse to why they can't do it. You know, it's the Americans. I am an asshole when it comes to those people. They don't like me because I will literally sit there and retort every one of their excuses. And they hate it. Nobody listens at that point. Like, we are not, we're not, we're not moving positively here. Yeah. We're arguing. Because you're not feeling sorry for them. Be like, I know I'm, I'm sorry. I, I understand your work is busy and. Yeah, your kids keep you busy, and, you know, that's what they want. Yeah. But then, guess what? They're in the same shithole that they were in before. Yep. And just won't do anything. Yep. And that's, uh, to me, it's, you know, that, that motto is find an excuse to win. You know, dig in there. Convert the, the fear into aggression. Convert that fear into moving forward, taking steps forward. And when we think about taking steps forward, we are going to engineer our life so that that's the only fucking way to go. That is the only way to go. It's that detour where you literally can't go through the 50 barrels of cement that they have in your way to go the old way that you were doing things. You can only go the new way you were doing things. Yeah. You cannot eat shit food for breakfast because all you have is good fucking food in your house. Yeah. And that's, that goes back to the five S's. Sort out where you're at right now. Because the only way to move forward and know what you need to do is to know where you're currently at, your current state, and then set your future state. So that's sorting out what you have, setting what you have in order, and then realizing, okay, well, I'm missing these pieces. So I need to insert these pieces, either whether it's knowledge, whether it's a material like a some like gym piece of equipment or exercise bands at home, or a scheduling tool, or setting your notifications on your phone. And then you need to put the plan together, the sustained plan, right? Or the standardized, I'm sorry, not sustained. Standardize that plan, like you're saying, so that this is what I'm going to do every day. This is what my refrigerator is going to look like every day. And then, you know what? Do some shine. Guess what? Buy a, buy a, a gym pack, a gym backpack that's nice and organized. There's so many cool shit out there, right? Um, Buy these containers that you can put in your refrigerator that you can put labels on saying, okay, this is, you know, beef protein. This is chicken protein. I got chicken tits in there. You know, whatever. Whatever that makes it look cool and makes you feel like, wow, you know, I'm really into it. You know, buy some, you know, sexy gym. Well, if you're not sexy, don't buy sexy gym clothes, but, you know, whatever the hell. You fat shaming motherfucker. (laughs) But then do the sustain. The sustain is, guess what? Okay, I started. I'm a weekend. That's good. You're not going to see a change right right away. You're two weeks in. You may not see a change, but guess what? A month later, you're like, okay, I've been charting myself. I've been following it well. I'm starting to see changes. Okay, but in this area, I probably need to change this a little bit. So that's the plan do, you know, check and act. So you check if the plan's working. 
tweak it a little bit, and then act on it. But like you said, small increments. And trust the process. Yeah. Trust the process. That's the hardest thing for the first two weeks, month of a change, no matter what that change is, man, you're not going to see a lot of, you're not going to see a lot of changes. Yeah. Trust that process. If you engineered the process correctly, it is going to make changes and don't underestimate the amount of changes that you, you can make over a long period of time. Don't overestimate the amount of changes you can make in a month, but don't underestimate the amount of changes you can make in a year. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, have you heard of the author? We talked a little bit about him, Simon Sinek. Maybe. Probably. Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. Talks about, guess what? You're going to go to the gym for a week and you're not going to see a change. You're going to go to the gym for two weeks, not see a change. You're going to feel a little different, obviously. But as you build that habit, whenever you get to that successful result, you're going to look back. And it's not motivation that did anything. It's not just discipline that did anything. Or what is discipline? That the key word is consistent. So if you're consistent, so once you set your plan and you're consistent with the plan, you know that, hey, you're eating healthy food. You know that, hey, you're doing the physical activity that you need, that your body needs from you, and you're doing the mental and you're doing the spiritual. Guess what? If you do it consistently, you're going to see success. You're going to start hitting your goals in time. But the trick is, just to be consistent, make it consistently your lifestyle and don't think about, oh man, I don't stop stepping on the scale every day. Before you know it, if you're just consistent, before you know it, three months is up and you look in the mirror and like, oh shit, you put on a pair of pants and you're like, oh shit, wow, look at that. I probably dropped a couple inches. You know, stop checking your scale every day. Just consistently do it. You're going to feel better. It's like, what'd you say a few weeks ago, you stopped drinking, right? And how do you feel? Probably been a month. Wow, it's been a month already? Probably. Jeez. You know, how do you sleep? You know? Great. How is your mind? How are you focused? I mean, there's a lot of benefits to it. Final PSA. We're in an hour and 10 minutes, but I just watched two grown adults walk their child to the park, and neither of them took their fucking face out of their phone for, what is it? That's a good 50 yards. Their kid walked to the park. They both sat on their phone the whole walk while the kid ran excitedly to the fucking park here and the kid's playing on the park and they're sitting under the gondola still on their fucking phone. Put your phone down, people. Live life. Pull your head out of this fucking box that just has got you hooked. Damn. Good Lord. They're both literally just sitting there. Are you serious? Yes, dead serious. All right. That's my fucking, that's my rant for the day. Oh, Siri is always serious. She just told Martin. All right. That's a wrap. All right.